Well, hello, 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 everyone. Uh, welcome to the Instant Insights Live Show. If you don't know me, I'm Joe G. I'm Astrology Hub's podcast producer. And today I have with me Jamie Goldstein and Elodie. I always don't know how to say your name. C'est un jour but I feel ashamed for being Canadian and not knowing any French. <laughs> well, so today we're talking about questions about physical, spiritual, and mental wellness. We're really just trying to, to help you guys get the answers that you need to really kind of improve your quality of life. And, and then these are going to be like more so like simple tips and, and quick insights because, of course, when it comes to mental health or to physical health, it's always best to speak to a specialist because these are things that more often than not takes take months, years to to really get figured out. So today we're really tackling the the smaller issues and the quick tips just to, to get you a head start when you go talk to your specialist. So before we get started, I'd love to hear a little bit from you guys. Do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Tell them a little bit about what you do over at Astrologer Connect, the kinds of readings that you've been getting. Yeah, let's start with you, Jamie. Hi, so I'm Jamie Goldstein, and I'm an intuitive astrologer. So I really weave the technique with my intuition as well. Just a little bit about me pre-Saturn return. I practiced in the schools as a school psychologist for five years, and then my Saturn return brought me to the path of astrology. And I love offering just a variety of different readings on Astrologer Connect. Yeah. So my name is Elodie. I've been an astrologer for about 10 years and I practice a lot of different modalities. These days on Astrologer Connect, I've been taking a lot of instant calls about health stuff. So I always have my encyclopedia of medical astrology next to me. Because I've been getting a lot of questions related to health. I'm not a medical astrologer, but I'm always interested in seeing where in the chart that can be highlighted. And uh, yeah, I'm super happy to be here today. Nice. I actually, I think that's a really good segue to a question that somebody asked, and it's a little bit more general. So it might be a good starting place for us. But Joan Marshall is asking, tell us what shows health and mental health in a chart. How do you guys usually tackle that? If a client comes to you with a question about their mental health or the physical health, what is the first place that you look at in the chart? Yeah, so there's a lot to this question, and it's so specific on uh, what is the specific question of the person. But in general, you know, health, I take a look at what's going on with the sixth house, the ruling planet of the sixth house, transiting planets going through the sixth house, also the first house as well. And if there's a specific health issue, you know, I start to look at the planets and the houses and the signs that are connected to that specific health concern and what's going on there and mental health as well. You know, it really depends what the what the specific mental health concern is, but there's certain, you know, planets and signs that are connected to different aspects of our of our mental health. And then usually when there's a mental health thing, there's some big life transit happening, like a Pluto transit, a Uranus or a Neptune transit happening that's really activating the person like on a deep, unconscious, evolutionary level. Yeah, I would I would absolutely support this. And also I would say that 
The sixth house, often I find the sixth and twelfth house axis shows the mind-body connection. Um, there's something in the birth chart we call the dark houses, specifically the sixth, the eighth, and the twelfth. I do find that more often than not are connected to to physical and emotional issues that we might be dealing with. But I always say, you know, there's something about the 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 mind and body connection is related. We can't really read in isolation, just the, the physical body. Nice. With that out of the way, I, I think we can start answering some questions. And just as a reminder for everybody, there's a few ways you can send questions. You can send questions before the show starts. If you find the show on YouTube, you can go to the comment section and leave your comments over there. And we'll have your comments before we go live. And you can also go to astrologyhub.com forward slash insight to fill out a form with a question and send it to us. And that is really the best way to get your questions answered because whenever you submit them through the form, we actually get the chance to, to send them to the astrologer like days in advance so they really can sit with that chart and like be super prepared for them. So I highly recommend using that form. Again, it's astrologyhub.com slash insight. And with that, I think we can get started with the question that Jamie had set aside. Brittany B's question. And Brittany asks, Aloha, I'm having so much resistance around my career, love, life, and being the master manifester. I know that I am. What can I do? Jamie. All right. So Brittany, so I have with your chart pulled up, I'm looking at it. I have a 17 degree Sagittarius rising chart. All right. So I've checked and double checked all your birth info, hoping that I have it right. And I have your house system set here and the Porphyry house system. So one, you know, the first thing that really caught my attention is what you were mentioning about resistance with around your career. Well, so your midheaven is three degrees of Libra. And your your 10th house, which is often the house connected with our career, our profession, really the deeper thing is, is what is our sacred contribution to the world? What are we really here to offer the world? And your 10th house goes to 28 degrees of Libra. And so the the south node is actually about to be moving into your 10th house here. And this makes me, you know, this will be probably the lunar nodes. The south node is going to move into Libra, the true node this July. And so probably around August of this year, the south node will start fully moving into your 10th house here. And, you know, whenever the south node is moving through our 10th house, there's often, and it will be there for about almost a year and a half, there's often this big energy to release, to let go what's no longer serving you professionally, career-wise. Are you really offering what you feel is like your sacred contribution to the world? And also the eclipses are going to start lighting up your 10th house here over the next year and a half to come. We just had an eclipse that, an airy solar eclipse at 29 degrees of Libra, which was actually in your 11th house. But you know, it's really these eclipses over the next year and a half are really going to be activating your career house and then your home 
and family and foundation house. And so I can see perhaps some building, you know, some building energy here that's really catalyzing you to make some changes. Also, just through the opposition, we've had a lot of Aries energy this year, which is opposing your your 10th house, which may have been catalyzing a lot of big changes with career that are that are happening. And, you know, one of the things that I'm looking at is, you know, who's the ruling planet of your 10th house? Well, that's Venus. And you have Venus in your third house of communication. So you have a Venus-Mars conjunction and Pisces in your third house of communication. So I'm just curious, you know, if you, if there's something around professional things with Venus there and Pisces in your third house around doing some type of intuitive work, the Pisces, it's like the healer, the mystic, the intuitive, and something around communicating, communicating intuitive messages. Pisces can also be this very beautiful, like artistic energy, you know, it can be like the cosmic poet energy. So I'm just so curious about that, if that's like a passion that you're wanting to bring in professionally. And of course, like 10th house Libra, you have this gift, I would imagine, of, you know, your your interpersonal skills and also creating beauty and harmony and art. So I'm just curious about that. And then also Venus, she's the planet of love and relationship. And I know that relationship was something that you were asking about as well. And so she's in your third house um, here. And also just intuitively with Venus being the ruler, the ruling planet of your 10th house, it also intuitively leads me to believe that if you're really following like what lights you up, you know, what, what really feels like this is your calling in life, that this could really lead to some type of new relationship manifesting and coming into fruition. I mean, you have Venus, Mars together in Pisces, which is this really power. That's a powerful indicator of being a manifester. And it comes through really opening up, opening up your cosmic channel, your connection to your higher self, the divine realms, and really being that open channel is going to open up your ability to manifest. Yeah. I'm just so curious if this is, if this is resonating at all. Awesome. Yeah, uh, Brittany, please let us know in the comments so we can put it up on the chat and you can be part of the conversation because I think that it's always best when you're talking to your astrologer back and forth and the comments, the comment section is there for that. There we go. Brittany just said something. Brittany says, I'm an aspiring mural artist writing children's books and uniting the world with love through my artwork. I'm also a Reiki master. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. And there's so much kind of a Venus, you know, being the ruling planet of your 10th house and your third house in Pisces. There's so much around art, writing. I love that. Cool. And before we go to to the next chart, actually, I saw a question that came through that doesn't so much require a chart. So I think it's a good opportunity that we can open the space for a, like a conversation between all of us here. But Becky Pierce asks, Hello, Astrology Hub. My question is, with a seven planet stellium in Aquarius in my success, should I be worried about Pluto? <laughs> Who wants to take that one? <laughs> well, it depends the degree of the planets because Pluto moves so slowly. So obviously, you know, the ingress 
will be important, but you already dealt with Saturn there for the last two years. Pluto's very different in terms of what it does. And yeah, it could be, it, depending again where the Aquarius planets are, it could be in five years, could be in 10 years. But you, I think you will get your cues. And obviously the astrology is there to tell you what time it is, but it's not something I always like to say, don't lock yourself into your chart. You're so much more. And it's just kind of like helping you glance at what time it is, but it's not like a fatalistic, you know, testimony for anything. Mm, I love that. Well, one, you know, I have four planets in my sixth house. They're in Capricorn, but Pluto just moved out, is just moving out of my sixth house now. So I know they're different signs and different planets, but oftentimes when there can be sixth house activation, what people often come to me with fear about is like a fear of, am I going to have some major health thing? And from my lived experience, you know, I had Pluto going through my sixth house for 20 years and I didn't have any major health things going on. So I just want to share that there's never a one size like fits all with astrology and that I always like to appease people's fears that the energy can can manifest in lots of different ways. It will certainly be a transformative time for you with so many planets there. And it's really, you know, it depends on the nature of the planets that are there. And when the probably the few years around Pluto is conjuncting them, Pluto just finished, you know, conjuncting my Mars and in, in, in the sixth house. And it was this huge transformation of how I relate to my power and where I have stories around disempowerment. So whatever those planets are for you, as Pluto comes to them, you know, about probably over the next 20 years, it will be this really powerful opportunity to embrace more of your, your power with those planets and to work through any, you know, deeply rooted uh, self-limiting stories you have in your psyche. Yeah, that's beautiful. I actually have a, a follow-up question for the both of you. Like, is there, do you guys have any tips or like tricks to working with a Pluto transit? I don't know if the both of you have had Pluto transits before, but is there like a, a, a practice that you have to, to work through it? Or even just like a little bit of a mantra or like a topic that it, it's worth exploring, even if it's just like in a, in a meditative state? Lynn Coiner, I think is her family name on, on the internet. She's an astrologer and her uh, working with Pluto sheet is really, really good. It's been around on the internet forever and it's Pluto tips and obviously taking care of your immune system, making sure like physically making sure that you're, you're ready to weather the changes. Most of the time, the changes are coming from you. That's the, that's the crazy thing, obviously, when you look at astrology, cause you're like, oh my God, Pluto's going to do this or that. But Often the changes are very internal. I had, when I had Pluto squaring my son in Libra, 2011, my whole, my whole life changed. And I think it's a call of letting go, you know, very much so. And it's easy to say letting go, but it's really about letting go and, and moving through the transformation. The more you resist, the harder it is. I kind of like the, the cobra, you know, if the cobra comes around you and the more you fight it, the more it's going to make you feel really tight. So yeah, there's definitely, I always say you have to move with the changes that are wanting to happen. It's going to make it easier. Elodie, um, I was just going to add, you know, the, the artist surrender to me is always with the Pluto transit because 
Pluto is really going to, any type of Pluto transit is really themes of control are going to come up. And often where is our ego self trying to control reality and control life? And then the Pluto transit comes around and it really is. It's going to, we can either surrender to it or it will make us surrender to it, right? And this is where Elodie, you were speaking some about the resistance. The more we resist the Pluto energy of transformation and alchemy, the harder the harder the transit's going to be. And because Pluto is about power, whatever, you know, the transit, whatever planet, natal planet is getting activated by the Pluto transit, the themes of where are we giving away our power in relationship to that planet for us in relationship to that planet. So for example, if it's Venus, you know, where are we giving away our power in, in our relationships, right? With Mars, where are we giving away our power and not like going for what we want in life and these kinds of things. And so there's always these themes around surrender and, and letting go and, and really like letting, letting, you know, Pluto is, it's like the, the desire at the depth of our soul. So there is this like divine will that comes through with Pluto, letting go of the ego and letting that divine will come through. And, you know, one of the best things is to turn that mirror of projection inward with Pluto. It will often bring up a lot of where are we trying to project things out on others, you know, giving away our power, blaming others, blaming life circumstances, and then the inner the invitation is to turn the the mirror inward and really look at what's going on deep within our psyche, deep within our unconscious. And there's this really powerful invitation for transformation through really t- taking radical responsibility for what's going on on that internal level. I was just going to add that often we will be attracted to things that are more taboo or behaviors that are not socially acceptable. And that's half the struggle often. It's it's witnessing in yourself or your circumstance these things that don't really necessarily fit in the conventional because Pluto is the underworld, you know. So you there is this this underworld experience often with Pluto. Mm, I love that. And. Sorry, one more thing that's just coming. Something I can get from Rihanna and that I think is so brilliant. Yeah, that that's what I was going to read. <laughs> oh, okay. That, yeah, um, I was just looking at her comment. And, you know, the Pluto transits, they often do bring external circumstances that are kind of just totally beyond our control. But they're, they're meant to catalyze this deep, deep transformation and deep alchemy. And they're so hard to go through while we're going through the Pluto transit often, it's not like the entire time because Pluto transits are in last several years because Pluto moves so slow. But, um, you know, like Pluto, this Pluto experiences are those experiences where you're going through it and it feels like, oh my gosh, like I'm not going to make it through. This is one of the hardest things in my life. And then once you get on the other side and you look back and you're like, wow, this like transform me into who I am. And I would not be where I'm at in life right now if I had not gone through the transit, even though it can be like, it can be so challenging while we're going through it. Right. Sweet. I think ready for the next question. All right. So Laurie Champagne asks, hi, I feel like I'm waiting in the mud mentally and physically hoping for some insight on this. So I pulled up your chart, Lori, and one of the 
biggest thing is always context, understanding context that you find yourself in at this point. And obviously all of last year was Saturn squaring your planets in Taurus. You have a lot of planets in Taurus and Saturn was squaring all of these planets in Taurus. So this feeling of being stuck in the mud, I would attribute to Saturn mostly because Saturn tends to corner us and kind of show us everything that's not sustainable without offering solutions right away. So Saturn has moved away from squaring all of your Taurus planet, but it's very recent and that's only a few months. So I feel like you might still be reeling from that experience of of probably just feeling very stuck. The good news is that now you're not experiencing Saturn squaring your Taurus planet anymore. But your natal Saturn is still being activated. You're born with Saturn in Aries and Chiron, the planet Chiron, or the asteroid Chiron, is on your natal Saturn north node in your 10th house. I do think that that's an invitation to dig deeper into this feeling of stuckness because Chiron on your Saturn is is augmenting the, the Saturn signature in your life. So. You know, obviously, I would have to talk to you more to to understand how this this is for you in your life. But your Saturn in your birth chart squares your moon in Cancer. And your moon in Cancer is in your first house. It's very intuitive. It's very receptive, very open. It's a caretaking moon. But the moon received this square from Saturn natally. And now Chiron is there really, really exaggerating that natal square that you have between your moon and Saturn in Aries. And, you know, this, the moon square Saturn natally is, is already difficult in terms of flowing and letting your emotion flow. There's something about, you know, being stoic and keeping it all together and being responsible versus being open and receptive and intuitive. And so, Chiron, your Chiron transit is going to last all of this year. It squares your moon. It's on your natal Saturn. I would suggest researching that aspect a little bit more. It's really calling in for you to to understand better ways to be in your emotional body. It, it, and that could be, you know, I, I, because I'm not having conversation with you, I don't know what this means for you, but all of the qualities of receptiveness, nurturing, how you do that for yourself, how you do, you do that for others, maybe even the pressure or the responsibility you put on yourself in terms of showing up as a caretaker or things like that. All of these themes are re- really being poked at. Chiron tends to poke at, 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 the, at this. It's not so much, you know, it, it's, a, it's a process of poking to make it heal. And that's what Chiron does. So I would say you're on your way. You're emerging from Saturn squaring all of your Taurus planet in the last couple of years. Now you're dealing with Chiron squaring your moon and and on your Saturn. I hope that helps. And Laurie, please let us know in the comments how that's resonating so far. We'd love to hear from you. And I think with that, we are ready for the next question. If you are, Jamie. Well, thank you so much, Helody, for yeah, that. Pleasure. That was great. And next question comes from Jeannie. 
And Jeannie says, hi, I'm really torn between setting new goals in my life versus resting and take care of my mental health. I so relate to that one. <laughs> Wish there could be some tips. Please, Jamie, take it away. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love this question. And I just personally relate to so much of what you're sharing there. And, you know, it is Gemini season right now. And Gemini season asks us to, instead of looking at things as this or that, to look at them as both an and. And so I just invite the invitation instead of perhaps in, you know, Gemini, new perspective, right? Instead of perhaps seeing it from the perspective as I'm doing one thing or the other, right? I'm setting new goals, I'm making progress, or I'm taking care of my mental health. How can you do both at the same time? Because it feels like from your question and just what I intuitively feel is that you have that desire to make some forward movement on something, maybe to put yourself out there in a new way. But also, you know, taking care of your mental health is so essential. And I always, I always feel personally, I think it's from my background that taking care of our mental health first is kind of a priority because then we're taking care of our mental health, right? Our cup is more filled to, to then go out there and share our gifts. But there's a few things that, you know, just looking at your chart that I think can also give some insight. So with your chart, I have a 25 degree Aries rising and I have your chart system or house system set up in Porphyry. And in this house system, your moon is in the 12th house and it's in the 12th house in Pisces. And when you have a moon in the 12th house, right, the moon is going to speak to what do we need for our emotional well-being, our emotional self-care, right? Moon in the 12th house, you're probably just going to need by nature a lot of rest, retreat time to dream, time to be, time to spend time with nature, time to meditate, right? When you have a 12th house moon, part of your essential emotional well-being is that time to rest, that time to dream, that time to be in retreat. Oftentimes a Pisces moon, you know, you might find yourself very, very energetically sensitive. And when you go out into the world, you might feel that, oh my gosh, I'm feeling everyone else's energy around me or the energy of the space. And also probably just the energy of what's moving through the collective unconscious. So having that time to be in retreat, to be in your own energy, to be in your own space is really, really essential. And I have a lot of Pisces energy too. And often just giving ourselves permission that this is what we need for mental, emotional well-being is often really essential. Now, something else, Neptune is right on your moon right now. Your moon is at 27 degrees of Pisces. So Neptune is, your moon is really getting activated by Neptune right now. You know, this is like a once in a lifetime kind of transit, probably been feeling the energy for a year now, and you'll probably feel the energy for another year. But Neptune on your moon is also probably really opening up your psychic senses, your intuitive senses. So you might actually be feeling a really heightened, energetic sensitivity. So having that time for rest, retreat is really important, but also it's opening up your intuitive gifts. It's opening up your channel with your higher self, your higher realms, your guides, maybe your inspiration, that connecting to the higher vision, the higher dream, the higher inspiration might also be really, really activated right now. 
And just a few other things that are really kind of like catching my attention here right now is, you know, your lunar nodes are in Aries Libra. Your north node is 19 Aries and your south node is 19 Libra. And so you're actually, you're, you're closing out an 18 and a half year cycle on your, you know, it's like big kind of cycle on destiny, fate, your soul's journey, soul's purpose. And so, um, because the, you know, the lunar nodes are at the, the very end of their transit through Taurus Scorpio, they move backwards through the signs. So on some sense, you're on the closing part of a chapter in your life. And when the lunar nodes move into Aries Libra here in July of this year, you might start to feel a little bit of the new energy. I can just pull it up really quick. The North Node is actually, you're going to have your exact nodal return January 22nd, 2024. So one thing that, you know, to honor this completion of a cycle, and when we're completing a cycle, often we need more rest, retreat. And as you move into your new lunar node cycle, that will probably start this July, but will really kick off in January of 2024 when you get your nodal return. There may be a big burst of energy to kind of go off in new directions. Faded things may start coming into alignment where our nodal return often brings right place, right timing, where maybe we've been trying to push, push, push. I know this is right for me. I want this opportunity. I want to make this happen. And it's like, wait, why is this not happening? Oftentimes the nodal return, if something's truly in alignment with our soul's path, the doors open, the opportunities align. So you know, intuitively, I look at that and I say, okay, let yourself have the rest you need. And to be, you have all this beautiful Pisces energy. You also have Mars and Pisces and Jupiter and Pisces, and they're in your 11th house. You know, this is Mars and Pisces. This is mastering, taking action when the moment's right, waiting for that divine synchronicity, opening up and asking for the signs, the symbols, the synchronicities, and then taking action when the moment's right. And Saturn is actually about to come to your Mars here, or is actually already conjuncting your Mars. Won't officially conjunct your Mars till after the retrograde, but you're feeling it. And with that Saturn coming to your Mars, this is you're being initiated into taking divine action and, and really like trusting your ability to take divine action. And Saturn and Pisces, it is asking us, Pisces is we don't push, 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 right? Like so many of us are conditioned. Um, we, it's, Pisces is about mastering, opening up, letting, letting that divine flow come, that inspiration come and, and taking action, like with the flow, as opposed to pushing against the energy. So yeah, that's kind of what's coming to me here. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was great. I love your ability to just intuit your way into the chart. I don't think that's easy for everybody. It's definitely not easy for me. Whenever you go up, just intuitively, I'm seeing this. I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) the Pisces energy is just seeping through. I love it. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. I didn't see anything from Jeannie, but I saw something from Aubrey, who also had to ask a question. And she says, I have a 12th house moon as well. And we do need more rest and recharge time. Not surprising. Our questions are so similar. And I, I guess that that might be like a follow up question for for the both of you is that is the moon in the 12th house and rest usually a theme that you, you play with in every reading? Or is there other ways that you can also look at, at, at that? 
Yeah, I call that the rider's moon. I, I, I saw that a lot of people with the moon and 12 house are actually really good riders. I think other astrologers have done studies, but 12 house people in general, people who have important placement in 12 house need to charge their batteries away from social. So you can be very extroverted, but there's this introversion where you need to step away from people to, to recharge. I'm a 12 house person myself, so I can vouch for that. <laughs> but, but the moon at 12 house specifically, if you look at the chart of a lot of writers, that's a, that's a common one. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Nice. With that, I think we might be ready for the next question. And the next one I was looking <clears throat> at came from Danica. So Danica asks, I've been dealing with health issues since end of October, beginning of November, not getting much help from, or support from the doctors. I'm in need of guidance. So because I don't know what health issues it is, I can't be specific. It's just general. But I'm looking at your chart right now. You have Libra rising. And so the sixth house is Pisces. And I have a moon in Scorpio at 29. So obviously, if I had more information about the specific health things, but I would say Regardless, you're going to have Saturn in your sixth house for the next two years. So this could be an ongoing theme, not of sickness necessarily, but where you're concerned about health, where you're adjusting diet, where you're adjusting your eating habits, you're testing different ways of taking care of your body, different routine and things like that. Because the transit of Saturn in your sixth house for the next two years will compel you to do that. Now, more extensively, just looking at your moon in Scorpio at 29 degree, it was under a lot of pressure. Saturn was squaring your moon at the beginning of this year. And then there was also the eclipses in Scorpio and you have three planets in Scorpio. So it could be related to some of that too. But again, if I don't have, if I don't know the specificities of the health stuff, but I would just say because Saturn is in your sixth house for the next two years, that might be an ongoing process of you know, adjusting diet, health, things like that. And then Saturn is also squaring your Gemini stellium, all of your planet. Okay? So, you know, it's, it's, it might be a hot topic. Sorry to interrupt really quick. Danica yep. actually did add some more information in the chat. And she oh, says perfect. fatigue and kidney pain are the main symptoms. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, kidney is Libra. So, you know, and I have Libra rising for you. So usually, you know, just very, very broadly, we associate each body parts with the sign of the zodiac and Libra rules the kidney. So, you know, obviously I would require, probably require a session with you just to, to really get into the specificities. But I would say that the stress, you know, just broadly speaking, looking at your chart, the, the pressure of Saturn squaring your moon and, and you had your Saturn square also beginning of 2022 this sort of pressure which is related to like a crossroad moment whatever stress you've experienced in the last year I, I i feel like it may have taken a little bit of its toll so there might be it might be stress related also but again like i said with saturn in your sixth house for the next two years it's a good time to focus on health health habits and eating habits drinking more water and like I said, Libra rising kidney is, is usually textbook. 
but again, I would have to sit with you and just to go more in depth. Sweet. And that's actually great general advice for anyone who has like very specific health questions, because it's always best to to sit with with an actual astrologer or with an actual health, health practitioner, because again, a lot of these issues more often than not take multiple sessions to actually work through. And if you'd like to to book a reading with an astrologer, we actually do have a few medical astrologers on, on our Astrologer Connect platform. And to do so, you just have to go to astrologyhub.com forward slash connect. And you can see a full list of all the astrologers that we have available and book a reading today. And if you also want to book a reading with Elodie or Jamie, all you have to do is go add their name right before that connect. So for Elodie, it would be astrologyhub.com forward slash Elodie connect. And I think with Jamie, because there's two Jamies in our platform, it's actually Goldstein Connect. So it would be astrologyhub.com forward slash Goldstein Connect to book a reading straight with Jamie. All right. I think we're about to reach the the end of the episode. So we don't have too much time to, to take any more questions. But I had one set aside, and I think that one came from Zen Wellness Space. Zen Wellness Space says, I feel like my spiritual wellness is a major focus right now at this moment. It's needing my attention. I would love intuitive guidance. So with that, Jamie. Beautiful. So I have your chart pulled up and I have you as a Virgo rising here. Okay, so there's a few things that are catching my attention here. So a few things. One. You also have a moon and the 12th house here with the Porphyry house system that I have pulled up. And not only that, but right now Saturn is in opposition. Saturn's in your sixth house and Pisces in opposition to your moon and the 12th house in Virgo. And so this is bringing up a lot of... Um, you know, polarity and tension and um, spiritual health and physical health, which are one in the same, right? But there also there can be this polarity as well, as well as one, perhaps maybe I'm curious if you're feeling some tension on, oh, I just want to really be in my like spiritual flow and, you know, be in that perhaps in that meditative state or connecting to the higher realms, that open channel, but also perhaps maybe feeling tension of, oh, I have to attend to the mundane things in life, you know, or maybe like responsibilities pulling you in lots of different directions. And it's like, ah, I just want to be, I just want to be in my, I want to be in that, what feels like the, the spiritual space. And so there's all this like tension there, but there's this invitation on how to integrate the two together, right? How to bring the holy into the ordinary, how to really connect to the magic of the mundane and how to really like connect to that through maybe even attending to the responsibilities in life that feel like, oh my gosh, this is distracting me from, this is distracting me from what my my spiritual practice or being in my spiritual flow or what I'm wanting to do, how to actually have that be the spiritually kind of expansive experience. I don't know if this is relating at all. This is just kind of like what's coming through. But also, you know, with Saturn just opposite your moon, Saturn, your sixth house opposite your moon and 
your 12th house, there certainly is this invitation on how to integrate your spiritual health into your daily habits, patterns, routines, into into your life more. Maybe to set some, you know, Saturn, we can get initiations around boundaries. So there might be some initiation about how to how to set the healthy boundaries for yourself to really honor your spiritual health as well. And then something else that's really catching my attention is right now, Neptune and Pisces, right? Pisces is often very connected to our spiritual health as well. Neptune and Pisces is squaring your Iron and Gemini very closely right now. And also squaring your, your Mercury and Gemini as well, right? When I hear attention, this is like Mercury and you have a Mercury-Chiron conjunction. And so there's some really, I'm just like kind of tuning in for a moment to feel into this. And you have Chiron, you have Mercury conjunct your, your midheaven here. And you have this like Chiron Mercury conjunction here and Neptune is transiting through your seventh house and Pisces right now. I'm just like really tuning into this. There might be some of the, some of the, the tension, you know, I'm curious if it's in the realm of like, if it feels like relationships are kind of this big, perhaps like catalyst to like the catalyst for feeling like you need to attend to your mental health as well, because Neptune's in your seventh house, but also like squaring Chiron your Chiron and Gemini, there's this, this, you know, perhaps this deep, deep wound that is seeking healing here. And really like the Neptune square Chiron, that the healing is from this deep acceptance, you know, deep self-love. And so there's this, that's a really powerful transit that's happening. That's really like wanting to open you up to really like feeling more of a oneness with your higher self. So whatever that Chiron story is about that might have this a story about feeling not enough or not belonging or separate, that Neptune squaring Chiron is really this really powerful invitation to actually, you know, open your heart more to your your higher self and feeling that connection and that oneness with it. And I think Zen Wellness Space even said, uh, I experienced an initiation into boundaries just this weekend. Much needed lesson. I'm in that same space, guys. <laughs> I totally feel that. All right. I think with that, we're, we've answered all the questions that we could today. But I did see one question that I think might be a good closing question for both of you guys. Jeannie actually asked a follow-up question. And she's wondering, how is Saturn and divine initiation connected? Do either of you have any thoughts about Saturn and initiations as a whole? Yeah, I have. Well, so right now, divine initiation, because Saturn is in Pisces and Pisces is our connection, right? Pisces is oneness, unity, consciousness. It is our connection to the divine realms. And I very much consider Saturn a planet of initiation. Saturn initiates us into maturity, taking more responsibility. Saturn initiates us into more self into more self-mastery. And so to me, Saturn and Pisces, this is divine initiation into being more in alignment with our higher self and the divine flow. 
Yeah, I love that, actually, the divine flow. Yeah, there's something about Pisces that is is all about flow and Saturn is kind of the anti-flow planet. So we were all invited to to move like water, I think. I've been I've been saying it's Bruce Lee's quote, be like water, one of the martial arts, you know, precept, which is I think apt for Saturn in, in Pisces. It's what you were saying about resistance and Pluto earlier, we could apply that to Saturn Pisces also, just like being initiated into less resistance. But also, you know, Saturn in Pisces is not like Saturn of in Capricorn or Aquarius of the last several years. So we, we do have the ability to really, I mean, people are dealing with Saturn regardless, but it's definitely not Saturn in Aquarius or Capricorn, you know, in a collective sense. Saturn Aquarius being, you know, like Saturn entered Aquarius and we went into lockdown is it's it's textbook Saturn. So I do think Saturn Pisces is a lot gentler. <laughs> right. Right. Awesome. Well, guys, this was amazing. I had so much fun. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. And before we go, I actually wanted to to show some gratitude for both Jamie and Elodie and read a couple of testimonials that came through Astrology Connect from one of the people that had readings with you. I'll read one for Jamie first. And it's so funny because I get to, to read the testimonials because I'm, I'm backstage all the time. And like the personality of like the people that get readings with each astrologer is usually so similar. And you get to see like the, the style of testimonial that they write for each person. And and with you, with you, Jamie, it's, it's the best because you have like such a, a poetic and beautiful way of like talking about things and your clients seem to have just that as well. So they write this, like the this poetic <laughs> and beautiful testimony. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best. <laughs> so this is for you. My first reading, Jamie helped me understand aspects of my chart I was unclear on. She honed in on my current challenges through my chart and distilled the larger wound I'm facing. She gave me a personalized recommendation based on my values and what I am and where I'm headed. Jamie was amazing. And thanks to Jamie for helping me weave my cosmic tapestry. Oh, I love that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and this one is for Elodie. Elodie was amazing. She brought new insight into what was going on in my life. It made so much sense after talking to her. I loved the reading. She was very approachable, friendly. And I was surprised by how much he was prepared for my questions before I even asked them. So there we go. Thank you so much, Ellie. Awesome. Yeah. Of course. All right, guys. If your questions didn't get answered, there's many ways you can get answers still. The first one, you can always book a reading with either Elodie or Jamie or any of the astrologers on Astrologer Connect. To see the full list of astrologers, you can go to astrologyhub.com forward slash connect and you see all of the astrologers are available including myself and if you want to book a reading directly with Elodie you just again go to Elodie connect astrologyhub.com forward slash Elodie connect and for Jamie it's astrologyhub.com forward slash Goldstein connect all right and with that I think that is all guys next week actually I totally forgot I'll let you know who's gonna be in next week so you can send in your questions in advance as well and next week we have taylor and sheridan sample and we're talking about 
career and wellness as well. So I saw that a bunch of career questions came in today and because of the theme, we didn't actually get to answer them. So please go to astrologerhub.com forward slash insight to send your questions in advance so we can get them to the astrologers by the time we start the next episode next week. And again, it's same place, same time every week, every Wednesday we're here. And with that, I think this is goodbye for now. Thanks. I will see you soon. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.